0: Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Lip NBA Podcast. It is your boy Samuel here. I am back. A bit under the weather, um, but I am back here to talk some NBA with my guy, Nick. Nick, say what's up to the people.
1: What's going on, everybody, man? It's good to be back on the show.
0: Yes, sir. Um, I did an Eastern Conference preview a couple weeks ago. I meant to put out a Western Conference preview, but I guess we'll never get to that. But... um. As the season goes by, you'll you'll get my thoughts on the Western Conference as things unravel. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're about, like, a week or two into the NBA season. NBA season has been pretty interesting so far in terms of, you know, a lot of high scoring. Um, it's been very fun to have, like, the stars back in the league all fully healthy, at least for the most part, um, with the exception of, like, a Kawhi Leonard or whatnot. But it's been pretty fun to... um See all these high scoring outputs by by teams, and just like, just see how everything is going around the league in general. Um, what has been your overall um vibe on the league so far this this year?
1: I think we're kind of on the same page. Just watching all of the um all the all stars coming back. Like obviously Kawhi Leonard's back, although he's coming off the bench for the Clippers right now. It's good to see him back on the floor playing basketball. Um uh, Jamal Murray's back for Denver along with alongside Michael Porter Jr. Zion for uh, New Orleans who was playing pretty well before he ended up going down with the injury, but I believe he is back in uh, today's matchup against the Clippers. So it's just good to see everybody back. And then of course, you know, you have new guys on new teams like Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland. He's been pretty well, especially with, um, with Darius Garland out. So it's just, it's just, it's just good to just watch hoops again, you know, watching uh, new guys adjust to their new teams and watching up and watching old guys who may have missed last year return.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, So, you know, I mean with every NBA season there's bound to be, you know, some surprises and disappointments early in the year. Of course it's it's early, so we're not going to take these too seriously or too harshly at this moment, but um let's let's get into some surprising and disappointing NBA teams so far. Um for me a surprising team has been the Utah Jazz. Um as everyone knows, my my New York Knicks were involved in trade talks with them for Donovan Mitchell um throughout this whole summer, which was very annoying for me personally. But um, you know, they've they've started the season five and two, despite, you know, what everyone thought they were going to do this year in terms of, you know, tank and try to get better draft position. But they are five and two. Um Lowry Marketing has been pretty good for them. He's been like their best scorer to start this year, which I don't think a lot of people anticipated, or at least they probably didn't think it would lead to winning. Um and you know it's just, it's just a, it's just a. When you look at the Utah Jazz team, what I see is, um, just like, um, a team full of like, I guess like rotation guys. Like, there's no true star in that team. It's just a bunch of like really solid rotation players that you know are just playing hard and they're playing for each other and like there's no agendas or anything. And you know they're just they're just playing winning basketball, which is you know interesting to see so far. I guess Danny Ainge wants to, um, be competitive still. But yeah, they've been a surprise for me just because I didn't expect them to get off to such an impressive start. And I mean, they even beat um Minnesota and Memphis, which are two teams that everyone expects to be towards the upper tier of the Western Conference. So they've got some pretty solid wins under their belt. So it's not like they're just like beating like other teams that are expected to be at the bottom but they're beating teams that are expected to be you know better than them so that's been a surprise for me um what do you think about the jazz and if you have a surprise team yourself
1: the jazz are probably the most exciting team or not sorry not 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 the most exciting team the most surprising team um i mean i definitely i definitely agree with what you said um after the gobert trade after the Mitchell trade i think we all expected this team to be a full rebuild even even in plans of Trading away the other vets like Rudy Gay, Mike Conley, Jordan Carson, and the rest of the um, other veterans. But they've gotten off to a terrific start. And you definitely have to give credit to Will Hardy, who came from that, um, from that Celtics uh, coaching staff right next to uh, Eme Udoka. Um, and they've just been really playing phenomenal basketball. They acquired Colin Sexton from Cleveland in, in that Donovan Mitchell trade. He's been pretty well for them off the bench. Uh, they got guys like Malik Beasley, who has been solid for them. Uh, you mentioned Laurie marketing who has probably been their who's probably been their best offensive threat so far this season. The thing about Utah is that Utah is really competing on both ends of the floor, they're sharing their, uh they're sharing the ball particularly well, which is um which is resulting in really good three-point shots. Um I have my notes here. They're actually um the defense, I mean I know I know I know um uh statistically they're probably like top 20 in defense, but honestly you probably can't even tell with their start. I mean they're definitely competing on the end of the floor and really being able to get good stops like for instance in that game against Denver when they were blowing them out in the first half, that first game of the year, even in that New Orleans game where they were uh when they when they when they, when they ended up going into overtime, they uh they were up at like 17, 18 points in the fourth quarter before the Pelicans ended up coming back. And even last night, per se against Memphis, I know that Memphis didn't have John Morant, but just just I mean, just being able to beat these these um these playoff contending teams early in the season is it, it speaks wonders. Um I'm not sure if they can keep the momentum going i'm sure that we're all on the same page nobody expects utah to really continue to make noise and possibly make the playoffs or even like possibly get to the finals or anything like that but for them to get off to this hot start is really impressive
0: for sure um yeah i mean they've been one of the more surprising teams to start um you know shout out to their to the young guys i wonder i wonder how soon they they move on from guys like um Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley, if they do, because I mean if if Danny Ainge was right, um, or at least he was if he was telling the truth in terms of when he when they said that the Jazz still want to like retool, they didn't want to like go fill rebuild. If that is true, then then those guys might be off the table and they just might continue with those guys um throughout the season and, and, and see where it leads them in terms of, you know, playoff slash play in. Um, another, another, um, did, did you have a, did you have a surprising team for yourself?
1: Um, if I had to choose one, I know that they are three and four this year and I'm sure nobody really expects them to really make a lot of noise as the uh, season progresses, but the Indiana paces, honestly, um, they've really been competing over the past week or so. Um, Tyrese Halliburton to me is looking like an all-star caliber player. I don't know if he'll get in because of how deep the East is, but you know, he's, he's definitely doing well being that leading factor for the team, really showing his true value as a, um, as a franchise guy. Um, Buddy Hill has definitely been uh, shooting the lights up for them, but also Ben Matherin, who can be like one of the top candidates for Rookie of the Year. He's been showing um he he he's he's definitely been playing well as well. Uh, they had a big win even last night against the Nets. I think he dropped a thirty two in that game. So mm-hmm. Indiana's been on there as far as uh, as far as you know up in the radar. I don't know if they can keep the momentum rolling. I don't know if I don't know if um Buddy Hill is looking to be on, on that team long term or or if they're looking to trade him. But Indiana's been really impressive this year.
0: Yeah, Indiana, I've, I've, I've tuned into, um, I've tried to tune in or at least check the box scores as much as I can when it comes to the Pacers, because Ben Matherin was one of the players that I wanted the Knicks to draft, but you know, we didn't get that, um, that luxury of, um, being able to draft him, but I do tune in also, you know, that's my Haitian brethren right there. So, you know, I'm always tuning in to see how he's doing. Um, but yeah, they do have a lot. They have a, a decent collection of young talent now. With um, with Tyrese Halliburton, Halliburton, Ben Matherin, you got Isaiah Jackson, who had himself a heck of a game last night um against the Nets with about like eighteen points. He had a double double. He had a couple had some assists, had some blocks. Um, you know, he really punished the heat um the the Nets down low. Um, when it came to um scoring in the paint, you also got um Jalen Smith, who's been really good for them as well um in terms of rebounding and the floor Andrew Nemhard Chris Dorte like they just got a really solid collection of young talent um besides those guys it's just a matter of what they're going to do with um Buddy Hield and Miles Turner going forward because as we know they have been you know the subject of trade rumors for the good part of the um Turner has been part of trade rumors basically his whole Pacers career but Buddy right. Hield has been coupled in those trade rumors since he got there because, you know, there are two pieces that any playoff team would like to add, more specifically the Lakers because the Lakers are absolutely struggling and absolutely atrocious, which we will get into later. But um, if the Pacers see that this momentum is continuing, they they could just, you know, keep those two, but it's highly unlikely that they keep both of them, especially if, you know, the way Buddy Hill's been playing, he can definitely garner you some pretty decent assets, I think. Um, from a team that wants to, you know, move forward con- um, competing. But, yeah, it is going to be interesting to see what the Pacers do going forward because, you know, I, I assume they didn't think they would get up to get up to this hot of a start or at least this good of a start um, early on and for Ben Matherin to look this good as he's been looking so far. I mean, mathurin right. Matherin's been incredible, and a lot of the rookies this year have been incredible, which we will also get into later. Um, but, yeah, the Pacers definitely have been somewhat of a surprising team as well.
1: Now, nah, facts. Um, honestly, Indy. You can honestly say that Indy might be in that same boat as Utah. You know, coming into this year, I'm sure everybody expected them to tank because obviously everybody's trying to really make a push for uh, Victor Wembayama with their number one pick. But they've been in but the, they've been really competing as well. Honestly, so, like, I mean, like I mentioned, I mean, I'm not sure if they can keep that momentum rolling. I'm not sure if they can become a playing team. But you know, just looking at the uh traject the at the uh, tra- trajectory of this year, you know, they can definitely. They're definitely they're definitely going in the right direction as far as a reboot and as far as becoming a playoff team.
0: For sure, um, you know another surprising team, and I think this is my last surprising team, would have to be um, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, starting off five and one, they have been really impressive to me in terms of because I think everyone's been tired of the whole Portland thing every year. They don't really expect Portland to really go that far. It's like they're like, okay, Dame will take them as far as they can go and that's about it, but Dame has been joined by Anthony Simons, who had a pretty good however however many games he had last year, and it's been a big joke that he, he got a contract off like a, a hot streak, basically, um, but he's he's, 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 showed, he's shown early on this season that he's he's been pretty much worth the contract if not being underpaired. but he's averaging 20, 20 points, 20 and a half points per game to start the year, um, and you know, he had this really insane stretch against i believe it was the nuggets where he just like lit them up where he had like 22 straight points or something like that um but yeah he he offers that similar um flamethrower-esque ability that um what you call it cj McCollum was able to provide <laughs> um they also got good supporting pieces i think in um jeremy grant Nurkic has been always a solid um force down low. Josh Hart. Um Shaden Sharp, you know, he's shown some things early on um as a rookie in this um in this league. Um but yeah, I think the Portland being five and one, I don't think anyone else really had that. So it's been interesting to see. It's gonna be interesting to see how far they can go in the Western Conference. Um, I mean, their numbers, um, I mean, the the thing that sticks out to me, I think, is the opponent's p- opponents points per game which is like they're ninth in in the league for opponents points per game um and i think that's interesting just because they've struggled defensively in the past so we'll see if that's something to keep an eye on going forward but how do you feel about um portland this year
1: coming into this coming into the season honestly um I know a lot of people weren't really too high on Portland, but I've always been on the record saying a healthy Dame can definitely get you at least to the play-in. Now I don't know if they can make it past that play-in, but I knew that Portland would kind of be in that, kind of be in that in that realm of really competing for a play-in spot. Now for them to get off to a 5 one start, I think that's very impressive. I know that Dame is going to be out for um, another few weeks, or he's going to be, he, or he, he's going to get reevaluated in, in another few weeks. So I don't know if that boat may possibly slow them down. I know that I know that they won their last matchup, but. Honestly, I mean, for guys like Anthony Simons to step up, uh, even other guys like Jeremy Grant, you mentioned Nerkage, Um, I like the fact that they started shading sharp the last game as well. So Portland still has a pretty good depth, honestly, even with guys like Gary Payton II um, Josh Hart and the rest of these guys. So I think they can be able to sustain if they could possibly remain that consistency if Chauncey Bills can continue to preach defense and allow these guys to really come into their own offensively. So They've been really impressive honestly. I mean, we saw Simons get that game winner against Phoenix a week ago. Um, we even saw that big one against the Lakers after they were down. I think they were down like eight points, like like late in the fourth quarter, and and then they ended up making that miraculous comeback. And then they even had a really solid win against Portland as well. So Portland is really showing to like, show to just compete, just just continue to compete on both ends of the floor, and it's really impressive honestly. So hopefully they'll be able to keep that momentum rolling even with Dame being out for the next um, however however long.
0: For sure. And it's going to be interesting to see because Dame was out um, last year and then Portland just basically was like, all right, we're just going to go into tank mode. So it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, if Dame does miss extended time, how do they mitigate that? Are they going to rely on Anthony Simons? Are they going to rely on um, Shade and Sharp? Are those two going to be reliable enough to, you know, withstand the absence of Dame? Um, let's get into some disappointing teams. Cause I think there's quite a few in the NBA this year, but there are some ones that are like really staggering. Um, maybe just, maybe just specifically because of name value. Um, but I think we should start with the biggest one. Um, the Brooklyn nets, yeah. they are one and five on the season. They lost to the Pacers last night. They have basically, they have consistently been one of the teams that, if you want to get your season high tonight, or like, if you want to put up 30, that is the team to go in and play. I mean, they, I mean, wow. Going back as far as I can remember, I mean, you had John ja Morant and Desmond, Desmond Bain, both dropping 38 a piece on them. They honestly have 40 Giannis had 40 on them and was killing them in the paint because they have no interior um, defensive presence at all whatsoever. Um, you had um, Luka come in there. He dropped 40 on them as well. You had Benedict Matherin drop 22 and one half versus them, finished the game with 32. I mean, like guys are coming in there and they're just getting their numbers and there's nothing Brooklyn can do about it at all. Um, and it's, it's, it's so insane to me that the Nets thought that after, you know, everything that transpired this off season, that bringing back basically like those two malcontent players and then pairing them with Ben Simmons with everything that we've known about Ben Simmons over these like whatever many years it's been um and then coupling it on top of a bad a, a terribly built roster like the roster construction is terrible over there there's no interior presence defensively there's barely any perimeter de- um present the uh, perimeter defense presence I mean, you're just relying on Ben Simmons and Royce O'Neal to be the main um, sources of defense. But other than that, it is just like anyone can get whatever they want on Brooklyn. Um, and that's not even to mention the off-court um, distractions that are always seem to be a factor with this team. But, yeah, I mean, what do you make of Brooklyn's start so far? And, like, what, where do you think their ceiling is this year as a team? it's disgusting this year Dang. what's
1: going on in Brooklyn, man. Um, this team stinks. So, this team just stinks on defense. Honestly, they're second to last in defensive ranking, which is, hor- which is just horrific. Uh, we, we mentioned it before. John Desmond not drop a at 38. Um, Giannis just killing them with 40 Luca. The next night have a 41. So it's like, you know, they're just not defending whatsoever. I know that Katie and Kyrie, they've gotten their numbers, but when you look at the rest of the roster, they're really just not that great, to be honest with you. And I know that people want to give them give Ben Simmons the benefit of the doubt because he missed a year, so it may take some time to get his legs underneath him. I understand that. And the thing about Ben is, I'm not even really mad at the shooting, you know, because I mean we we all we have all came to conclusion that you know he's not he's not really much of a scorer. But the thing about Ben is that Ben is not really showing any assertiveness on both ends whatsoever. You know, I'm I'm watching him on the floor, and he doesn't really look like he's engaged into the game. You know. He's bringing the ball to the floor. He's not really doing much. He's not really dictating the offense. And then on defense, you know, we know how versatile he is on the defensive end. He's not really showing effort on the end either. So I don't know if it's him wanting to really reserve himself, or I don't know if it's just him not knowing what that what he's supposed to be doing. But the bend that I'm seeing on the floor is just not really engaged into the game. He's not showing any effort. And that is an issue with this team, honestly, especially when he is projected to be the third best player. And especially when Kyrie and Katie are actually still getting their numbers on the offensive end. So, I think that's really what it, what it, what it comes down to. I mean, the, the team definitely needs to tighten up defensively. The um, their supporting cast is going to have to step up as well, and also Ben Simmons just need to show more assertiveness on
0: both ends. Yeah, they've been absolutely <laughs> atrocious on that end of the floor. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think I would not be surprised again if they are in the. Um, were they in the play-in last year? I don't remember. Yep. They were in the play-in they, last uh, year.
1: Yeah, they, they ended up beating Cleveland, luckily, yes. to get that uh, seventh spot.
0: Yes, and I would not be surprised if the same thing occurs again this year because, I mean, the way other teams have looked in the East and the way they look defensively, it's just like I just don't see it, especially after everything that occurred this offseason with all the trade requests, all the stuff, all, everything just – and then bringing all of that into the season and thinking that it was just magically all going to be okay, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I see their ceiling as like a play-in team and one of the top teams in the East will will handle that with ease because, I mean, I mean you look at the top of the East, you got Milwaukee. I mean, Giannis is like on a tear right now. You got Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You got Atlanta. You have Boston. I mean, you probably assume – some other team is going to join them up top, but any anyone can anyone can get theirs on versus this, this Brooklyn team. And if you're just gonna oh man, I just yeah. I just I just right. see I just see playing. Like I just can't even like describe any further how like bad it is over there. It's just and like they had a players only meeting the other day, also after that Pacers game they and 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 steve nash challenged them if challenged them asked them you know how bad do they want it basically it's 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 already like the sixth game of the season and we're already at that point where he's asking like if they they want to play or not like it's it's really bad over there right
1: honestly speaking of steve nash i've I've been on record saying that he should have got fired the second they got swept by Boston a year ago so for him to even be back with his team and even honestly even the uh even the front office to actually say that we're going to take Steve Nash over Kevin Durant with Kevin Durant had asked for a trade that kind of that kind of speaks volumes for me i just don't think that he is a fit for this Brooklyn team that's just my opinion um we've seen it over the past few years and we're even seeing it to a degree this year i just don't think that he is the right coach for the team and look i mean i'm not going to say that everything is his fault because at the end of the day he can't go out there and tell those guys to bring, to, uh, to put in effort on on the defensive end but I just don't think that he is that guy, um, especially with them being one of five. I feel like he should be on the hot seat. And if they if they lose like another few games, I think he should be gone. If not, if he shouldn't be gone now.
0: Well, you know, if he is gone, I think whoever I think the person that takes over is Jack Vaughn, which is like. Yikes. It's not it's not looking too good over there. Not even going to hold you. Yeah, it's it's really bad. Um, Do you have a disappointing team so far this year?
1: Um, I'm sure we both kind of have this team. I don't know if you want to get into them right now or save them a little bit, but definitely the Lakers. Yeah, we can get into them right now. Okay. Um, 0-5. I mean, I think that kind of speaks for itself. So we can just we can just get it on record. I mean, this Laker team stinks. They have no shooting whatsoever. The one thing that I can say about them is that they do compete on, on the defensive end. So that's definitely a plus, but offensively... The thing about it is that they have good guys. Like, I like Lonnie Walker. I like the rest of these guys, but I just don't think they fit with this team personally. Um, acquiring Lonnie Walker and then losing a guy like Malik Monk, I feel like it's definitely a downgrade. And there's no disrespect to Lonnie Walker whatsoever, but Malik Monk was probably arguably their second or third best player on the team a season ago. Probably second whenever AD was out. So to lose him was definitely a downgrade for that. And then honestly, I mean, Patrick Beverly – I get it on the defensive end, but offensively, Patrick Beverly can knock down shots, but he's not a sniper. And I feel like, you know, in the past, what we've seen with these, LeBron team, with these LeBron teams is that you have to have three-point specialists. Like in Miami, he had Ray Allen, he had Mike Miller and the rest of these guys. In Cleveland, he had guys like even Kevin Love became, became more of a stretch big. He had J.R. Smith and these guys. So, and he, even, he, even the bubble championship when he had guys like KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, and the rest of these guys. So... I don't know what it is. I feel like Rob Palenka is really looking funny in the light right now because for him to go away from that from that sequence and for him to go away from that formula and to get guys who are not really much three-point threats, which LeBron has alluded to even after the first game that he played against Boulder State, honestly, I just don't see this team getting any better. Uh, I, I, even, I haven't even gotten to Russ, honestly. Russ, I've already been on record saying that he needs to be traded, and I don't even know if he really can get traded at this point. I know that there's been... Talks about Indiana, Miles Turner, Buddy Hill. I know that Indy's asking for a few first round picks. So the uh, so the Lakers are not as a gambling whether they do want it whether they do want to give up those those picks or not because at the end of the day, I mean they this team should still be looking to win now, especially with LeBron being in year twenty with them still have an AD on this team. But then again, they also understand that LeBron is aging as well, so I guess they do want to save those picks. So, but at the end of the day, I mean they're definitely gambling and. They're gonna have to make something happen soon. Honestly, um, if they if they don't win a game within like, the next like possible two to three games, something's got to happen with this team.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, I've been ever since they acquired Russ. I've been like s- terribly low on them, just because like I just don't see like the fit the fit has always been bad, especially like they never acquired like you said they never had the shooters. I mean ever since they got Russ, they've never really acquired the shooters that they need to to really like be the team that they need to be um and for the Lakers to double down and basically like give Palinka an extension after the off season that they just had, I mean, I guess LeBron is content with you know. The state of this team because he signed an extension and he like he he seems like he's not really gonna force anything at this point in his career, so I guess he's content with how things are going. Um, but yeah, I mean you 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 pretty much nailed it on the head with the Lakers. I mean, only winless team in the league. Um, it doesn't seem like any team is going to bail them out in terms of, you know, giving them someone for giving taking on Russ and giving them what they need, which is shooting. Um But yeah, I mean I, I really just don't know how how the Lakers, you know, bounce back from this. They they can't I mean when 80's out the defense looks looks pretty bad. I, I think their defense has looked pretty okay when when the when AD plays, but like the defense isn't isn't enough to say how bad that offense is. Um, right. I mean, one play that sticks out in my mind, and it's so early in the season, but it's gonna probably stick with me for the rest of the year. Is, r- is there's multiple plays. There's AD shooting the three that like hits the side of the backboard, and AD shooting like sixteen point seven percent on jumpers this year, which is just like absolutely atrocious. Um. But you have Russ, he comes down. Um, he takes the pull up midi while they're up. And like on, it was a screen. And Nurkic didn't even, Nurkic and Dame didn't even bother like even looking at him while he took the shot because they, they just automatically assumed. They knew that it was going to be a brick. Um, and for that to, to to be what Russ is at this point in his career, I mean, it's just pretty sad at this it's point. It's sad, yeah but i mean the lakers and himself they haven't done anything to really help themselves in that moment in this in this moment so yeah and i think it's just like the lack of awareness in that moment too they said they were going for a two for one you don't go for a two for one when you're up you drain the clock down and you exactly. take the best possible shot at that point you basically gave portland a free win at that point when you said you were going for a two for one so so many issues with the lakers I mean, we could go on all day talking about how bad the Lakers are. Um, my my last disappointing team is, has been the Sixers. Um, they start off the season similar to similarly to the Lakers. They've been getting some wins as of late, but I mean, they still don't look like a good team. I think to me, like they've won some games, but they don't look like a good team. And um, yeah, I mean, they are. Let me see what they are. They are three and three and four on the season they've won their last two um i will say this tyrese maxey has looked pretty great for them um including that 44 piece that he dropped the other day um which you know almost every player in the league has been doing lately allegedly um to start this year it's been um really interesting to see how many players have gotten 40 and we'll see who's next um but yeah he's been pretty good for them I think, um, but other than that, Harden has been pretty inconsistent, if not bad, most nights. Joel Embiid has looked, um, bad, um, as well. He's gotten his numbers on some nights, but he's also just looked pretty, like, slow, bad. I mean, they're 25th in points per game, they're 30th in rebounds per game, 21st in assists per game. Like, offensively, they are just, like, not it right now. Um, they, I mean, their bench is is all right, I guess, with Melton and you know Niang and what? Am, who am I kidding? This this team, I really don't. I don't understand what the hype was for this team coming into this year. Um, hold on. Ooh, I don't. I didn't really didn't see. Thank you. I didn't really see what the hype was for this team coming into this year. Um. But, yeah, I, I really don't know how far this Sixers team goes. Um, I guess everyone was hyped with the P.J. Tucker and Danwell House acquisitions, but I really can't see how much of more of an impact they're making on this team if James Harden and Joel Embiid are going to be as bad as they've been so far this year. I mean, the only positive outlook I think that you can have on this is, like, they can't be any worse than they are right now. Um but, yeah, how do you feel about the Sixers um, and their start to the season so far?
1: I'm honestly on the same boat with you. Um, I'll be real. I, w- I wouldn't say that I was too high on Philly, but I felt like, you know, if because the last few years Embiid has been an MVP-type player. You know, he's uh, he's been top two or top three in MVP votes. So I expected him to come out once again, you know, with another, with another dominant season and him being a leading factor. He has definitely got his numbers, but it hasn't been the same impact as it was over the previous few years. Um, and then another thing that I was expecting was Tyrese Maxie to be that second guy or that second option on the offensive end and, and allowing James Harden to really be that playmaker type role. Because I mean, we, I think we can all admit, even though Harden has had good moments this year, he's definitely not the same James Harden as he was four to five years ago. I think everybody can possibly agree with that. Mm-hmm. So for them to be, so for them to get off to a slow start, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to me. I mean, defensively they haven't really been that great. You even mentioned that they're dead last in rebounding, which is definitely a big issue. Um, then on top of that, I mean, their, their supporting cast is not really given anything, honestly. I mean, we, we mentioned George Niang, the Anthony Milton, which they acquired from Memphis. He's a really good three point shooter. He hasn't really shown much. Matisse Thibault, I think he's only averaging like 1.3 points a game so far this year. So their second, their second unit really have not, has not really given them a lift, honestly. So and then, honestly, I mean, I'll be honest, man. I think, I think Doc Rivers needs to be another, uh, coach that's kind of in the, um, uh, in the hot seat as well, honestly. I mean, you know, we, we, we know what, we know what's happened over these last few years. The Sixers, since the whole Joel Embiid era has yet to make a conference finals appearance, which is really, really intriguing to me, which is really surprising. But I'll be honest, man. Um, just, I mean, I, I personally, I want to have high, ho- high hopes for them to turn it around. I feel like they can with the dominant Embiid, but, I don't know if I would even put them ahead of teams like Milwaukee, um, even Cleveland, honestly. Um, Who else is up there? Boston. So, you know, Philly's going to be out there. I I still feel like, you know, they're going to find a way to be in in that playoff position, but I don't really have any other high hopes for them outside of that moving forward.
0: Yeah. Um, It seems like it's going to be another same old, same old year for Philadelphia. Um, Sorry, Philadelphia fans, if you are tuning in. But, I mean, you see for yourself when you watch your team how bad it is. Um, but, yeah, they have been one of the more disappointing teams to start the year. Not as disappointing as Brooklyn and the Lakers giving – but all these teams, it's given their name value. I think that they're that they're disappointing as well because for me personally, I wasn't that high on the Nets or the Lakers coming into this year, to be honest. It's just more of like they got – guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So they they should be a little bit better than they are to start this year. Um, Other than that, I really don't have any other disappointing teams. Did you have any other disappointing
1: teams? Um, I have one more, and I think that we really need to discuss them because this is a team that clearly didn't get better in the offseason. They didn't really make any moves, and I think we're kind of seeing it to a degree. The Miami Heat, who are Mm. 2-5 and this year, um, it really all started with that loss in Chicago to to open the year, and then I mean, and then it's kind of like trickled down. They got blown out by Sacramento um, last night. Miami, Miami's interesting to me, man, because like I mentioned before, I mean, this is a team that didn't really get better in the offseason. and I, I know I know that they've been without guys like Victor Oladipo, but now it's like you know the question is what's what's next moving forward for them. Um, Jimmy Butler's still obviously the, obviously the number one option on on the offensive end, and then of course you have Tyler Hero. Uh, right behind him but I'm just gonna be honest man um uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Bam and Abayo um I really like him a lot but to me he hasn't really taken that leap in my opinion I don't think he's I don't think he's done it yet over the past few years that I that I projected um probably about two three years ago he still kind of seems the same to me he hasn't really taken that leap as far as like a like a number one option or even like a big offensive threat to me and I think that's really been a big issue for them so Miami is 2 and 5 right now they're one of the um they're one of they're one of the worst teams in the league and I, I think that they could possibly turn it around but I don't know if they could be like top 3 or 4 in the east so it'll be interesting to see like you know where they can go from here
0: Yeah definitely they kind of slipped my mind a little bit cuz I'm just like someone that doesn't like it's funny enough cuz I was actually tuning into their game yesterday against the um Kings where the Kings were absolutely crushing them in that first half um Kevin Herter was absolutely lighting them on Fire Mm -hmm. but um, Yeah I mean Their their main guys are Jimmy Butler who's getting up there in age um, Bam Adebayo who Like you said hasn't really taken a step offensively um, And Tyler Hero Who despite you know all the Six man of the year hype that he had before um, You know He is limited Defensively and You know Mm -hmm. offensively He's like If he's, like, one of your best players, that's probably an issue because he doesn't do much creating, I think, in my opinion. Um, He's more of, like, a guy who gets hot from shooting. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I wasn't that high on the heat going into this year. Um, I still had them as a playoff team, but I didn't expect them to start season two and five. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kyle Lowry is like one of their main guys that they paid. He's getting up there in age, Victor Oladipo. He, they kept him. He is also someone that's always hurt a lot as well. It's just a lot of like for Miami to get back to where they were last year, a lot would have to break right for them. Um, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem like it is, um, bam would have to take that leap. You know, guys would have to be healthy. Kyle Lowry would have to be better, like all that stuff. But it seems like, you know, everything is catching up to the Heat at this point. I mean, they weren't even they weren't like usually when you when you hear of a star being available in the off season, you think like the Heat are going to get involved, but the Heat weren't involved in any base any trade rumors basically because they don't have anything to give up at this point. Um no. that's of value to teams. So yeah, that is a good catch on the Miami Heat being one of the disappointing teams early on. Um Let's get into some, some surprising players. Um, cause like 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 there are surprising teams. There are definitely some surprising players out there um to varying degrees. Um, do you want to start things off with a surprising player that you have?
1: Yeah, um I know I know we briefly mentioned this guy um earlier with the Utah Jazz, but um Larry Markin is probably one of the more surprising guys this year, especially with the um especially being the number one guy in the Utah success. Um, averaging around twenty-one a game on with nine rebounds and forty-eight percent shooting. Uh, with a few of his a few of his games, um, he had he had a thirty-one and twelve performance against the Pelicans. That game that went into uh the game that eventually went into OT. And then on top of that, he had another twenty-four point game in Houston. I believe that was a loss if I'm not mistaken. But still, I mean, it's, it's still very impressive to see to see where he's going. Um, honestly, Markin has really found a lot of success over these past few years, um, especially in Cleveland, where uh where they had an interesting lineup, kind of a bigger lineup that had. Himself, Evan Mobley, and in uh, and Jer- and, and Jared Allen in the front in the front court, which which actually which actually led to a lot of success. And now it seems like it's kind of carried over, carried over to this year, honestly. So it's kind of like it's not kind of like we mentioned. I mean, U- Utah for a, for a alleged rebuild team, they have a lot of vets on this team, and Larry Martin is clearly one of them. But with the way that he is looking so far, I don't know if there's going to be teams that's going to be want to look out for him or like or that's going to or that's going to like look the trade for him but if he continues to play like this and I don't I don't know if Utah would even want to be willing to give him up.
0: Yeah. Uh, I definitely had Larry as one of my uh, one of my um surprising players this year. Um just because, you know, I didn't expect the se- the success from last year to continue on and increase. Um obviously he was going to get an increased role here in Utah, but I didn't think it would be leading to winning. Um let me actually check his stats on the season so far because I do want to have that at least correct with um, Lowry. But with Lowry as well, um, and with him and Wendell Carter Jr., it's just been interesting to see um, how players from the Bulls have left there and mm. they've they furthered their they furthered their development. Um, but yeah, that's been that's been interesting to see. And while I have this up i now have lowry mark in it um he is averaging on the season let's see wow why is this taking so long um team stats there we go he is averaging 21 and nine and three on the season that's pretty that's pretty good Um, if he keeps that up, that's basically like all-star numbers. Um, but I, I I don't, I don't think he'll make the all-star team in the West. And you know, if he does, then you could come back and clip this, and you know, this will be used against me. But he's been pretty, he's been pretty impressive. I think this is this is the player that like players that people imagined when he came out of Arizona, but things just didn't go right those first couple years in Chicago, just because I think the way that they were utilizing him. Um, and you know, sometimes it just takes players a while to come into their own in the league. And, you know, it seemed like the Bulls just didn't seem patient to wait that out. Um, but credit to Lowry for, you know, getting to this point in his career because a lot of people probably thought, you know, after that bull stint that it was basically done for him. But um, shout out to him reinventing himself um, or at least staying true to himself and, you know, sticking it through with Cleveland and now with Utah. Um, so far it's paying off. Um, but, yeah, Lowry is definitely one of the more surprising players this year. Um, surprising player for me – um, to a lesser degree, I guess, is Brunson. I guess I for me, um, he's on my Knicks. We signed him this offseason. I kind of, I guess, underestimated the impact that he would have on this team. Um I I watched him in the playoffs and, you know, I saw what he did. But um, you know, coming to this Knicks team where, you know, that um Randall had so much of um Randall and Thibs had so much of a f- had so much of their fingerprints all over the offense it just seemed like implementing a point guard like that it wasn't going to um I mean don't get me wrong it's still a little rough around the edges um offensively there's a lot of stuff that that still needs to be cleaned up um but yeah what what he's done since he's got here uh has been pretty impressive. I think include, and that includes that game against um Charlotte where he absolutely took over um and had 27, seven rebounds and 13 assists. I mean, the passing that he was doing in that game, the shot making that he was making in that game, it was just, it was just incredible. And, you know, I just didn't see that type of um player, I guess, even though I saw him in the playoffs, I just didn't like believe that it would continue at such a high level um in New York.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, Br- Brunson has been one of my one of my favorites so far this year too. And the one thing that I'll say is that I think that New York finally kind of found their point guard because there's a, there's been obviously you know this 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 rumor over the past probably, probably so many years that you know the Knicks have had a different point guard at least I think like almost every single year since like the Jeremy Lin era or the Raymond Fel- or or that year when when they had uh, Raymond Felton. So for them to acquired Brunson last year from Dallas and now for him to be one of the focal points in office I feel like I feel like that's really impressive so far. So I'm definitely happy for him. Um and it's and it's really shown with the Knicks. I mean I think they're right what are they what are they right now? Like three and two so far. So they they've definitely been out to a pretty decent start to say the least. Um he's averaging around 18 a game on 48% shooting, 38% from three he had that twenty-seven to thirteen game against Charlotte um, a few nights ago, and then of course he had a twenty-one point game against against Orlando early and uh, earlier last week. So Brunson has really shown to really be the focal point of the offense. You know, he's uh, shown his skills, has shown his ability to score um, in all in all in all three areas of the floor, being able to penetrate into the uh, into the lane. So I'm definitely really impressed with, with uh, what he's been doing, and if he continues this, I could possibly I don't know I could possibly see All Star for him if he does continue to be able to be that leading factor for New York
0: definitely for sure all-stars definitely um could be um in brunson's immediate and near future um another surprising player um i guess shouldn't be that surprising if you like you were in tune with his game in high school um bobo um magic have finally you know given him a chance he has made um the most of it i saw firsthand versus my knicks what he was able to do in terms of you know the three-point shooting, the um off-the-dribble game, getting to the basket, um the rebounding, the blocks, all of it. I saw all of it versus um versus my Knicks. Um, he's been con- getting consistent um backup minutes, and I think he even might have started a game or two for them. So you know, it's been very interesting to see the 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 training wheels off of Bowl Bowl. and that might be because he's finally healthy too. Because I know a lot of people are like mm-hmm. the Nuggets were like keeping him on the shelf but like I don't think he was completely healthy in, in Denver um but yeah it's been interesting to see how Bull Bull has played i mean he's averaging 10 and 6 um he's been getting about like 20 minutes or so consistently lately he had 11 points his last game on 4-6 shooting um 7 rebounds one steal one block and that was versus the Charlotte Hornets in a blowout win But, um, yeah, he's been, he's been pretty, pretty damn good this year. And I think this is a lot of, this is what a lot of people expected to see from him when he got drafted into this league, um, just based off his high school tape. Um, so it's been very encouraging to see, you know, that he is still a productive, um, NBA player um, despite, you know, all the injuries that he's incurred over the years.
1: Yeah. Bobo has been definitely been impressive so far for Orlando and, it's interesting to me because I mean, even even in the last game, you know, we saw him starting at point guard as, as a lot as a, as a lot of Orlando's back was out with, uh, with injury. Bobo really has a lot of skills. I mean, you mentioned definitely his skill set uh, from high school, but I mean, he he even had some good showings during his college days at Oregon as well. So, or it, I actually, actually I'll, I'll even say even in Denver, I think I'll, I'll, some people might have forgotten, but you know, yeah, he, he has a good run in the bubble as well. Um, before before um before they had some different rotations for Denver, so Bobo has shown that that he can really play at an elite level it's just that it's just that you know could he get that opportunity and could he stay healthy and so far this year you know he's definitely been he's definitely been healthy he's definitely been healthy and he's definitely had the opportunity so far as well so bobo with him having that having that frame having that size and having that skill set, he could definitely be a huge part of this team especially we have such a such a um, versatile front court like guys like paulo bankiro wendell carter chillier um franz wagner you know, having a lot of that versatility in the front court, and then, of course, adding a guy like Bobo and then, of course, guys like Mo Bamba as well, that definitely helps the team move forward. I know that they're like one in five so far to start the year and they just finally got their first win, but Bobo has been one of the uh, really intriguing pieces this year that I think a lot of people need to pay attention to.
0: Definitely, and we're going to see if, you know, if he can stay healthy, hopefully, and, you know, if this production increases um, because, you know, I think... He will probably start again in their next game because, you know, their backcourt is still injury riddled. So it's gonna be interesting to see if, you know, he can continue this play and if it can help the um the Magic win some games. Um did you have any surprising players that you wanted to um also mention? Um
1: Nobody really comes to mind. I mean, probably one of the guys that I really like this year who I believe could possibly, possibly be an all-star is Tyrese Halliburton. Um, like I mentioned before, uh, he's definitely been a huge piece of that team being the number one or, you know, being the franchise guy. You know, his scoring and his playmaking, the biggest thing has probably been his scoring because even coming out of college with his unorthodox shot, the question was, you know, could he really be an offensive threat? And I think so far this year, he's definitely elevated his game as as a whole on the offensive end. You know, being able to score around the mid range, being able to be more comfortable from the three point from the uh, from front behind the three point line. So I don't I don't I don't ha- I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but Halliburton has definitely been one of the bigger one of the bigger pieces so far this year for N D. And if he continues to get his numbers, he could possibly um, land an All Star spot as
0: well. Definitely. I mean, yeah, like you said, pre-draft. I mean, uh, the the big knock on Halliburton was if he can be a scorer. A lot of people were praising his passing, but the scoring was a big mm-hmm. question mark. It's been it's very it's been very impressive to see he's been able to up the scoring ante. I think he's averaging like twenty five on the year or something like that, which is pretty impressive. Alongside those high numbers of assists, um, I do want to get the assist numbers correct because. I don't want to be too off on my estimations, um, of how well he's playing, but I know he's playing pretty damn well, um, yeah. So he's averaging he's averaging twenty three and three twenty three point four and ten assists per game. So that's pretty that's pretty good, that's pretty good. And I think he's what in his like third his second year in the league or his third year. What is it? Uh, third year. Yep, third year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it is, yeah it's his third year in the league, so pretty impressive for his third year in the league. I know I, I wish my team would you know let their yet to let their young players you know show their show their stuff in their third year in the league, but you know that's a conversation for another day. Um, let's get into some rookies. Um, before we we before we um talking to some super early MVP candidates, and then we'll be out of here. Um, so some rookies that have been impressed. I mean, this rookie class so far has been pretty pretty great to start this year I mean I don't think we've ever seen like rookies come in and they've looked like pros the way these rookies have looked I mean we can start things off with Paolo Bancaro he's been impressive I think he scored 20 in every single game that he's played in he almost had a triple double the last game because you know he's he's he was he was able to showcase some of that playmaking that I guess people didn't know he had in his bag including myself um but yeah that was pretty impressive to see um, you know, Keegan Murray, he recently got cleared from health and safety protocols, and he stepped right into the starting um, unit for the Kings. And he's like a consistent, like, I guess, like, I want to say 15 points per game score, but I may be underselling it at this point because he's been pretty, pretty good. Um, we talked about Ben Matherin. He's been consistently scoring. Yeah, Keegan Murray's averaging 18 points per game on the year. That's That's pretty... That's pretty good. This would give the year race is going to be very interesting. I will say that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let me check Ben Mathurin's because I want to have his his stats accurate as well. Um, He's averaging 21 points per game. And then you got Caro. He's averaging, you know, let me pick. Let me see. 23 and a half points per game, eight rebounds, four assists, like pretty good stuff. Um, let me check on Jabari Smith. Cause I know some people were a little, you know, they weren't too... yeah, um, Jabari
1: Jabari. He's been decent, but I don't think he's made the same impact as the other rookies that we mentioned, like Paulo Keegan Murray and, um, Benedict Mathers. So, I mean, I mean, his numbers are pretty decent to say the least yeah, 14, for a rookie, but... 14
0: points per game, about six and a half rebounds.
1: Yeah, but it, it's definitely, it's definitely not the same impact as the other guys mentioned.
0: Yeah, I think, I think for him, once he gets the shooting going, because that's the thing that looks like it's been the main issue for him, it's the shooting. Once right. he gets that shooting going, then I think he'll be straight. Um, even guys like Jaden, Jaden Ivey has been pretty pretty good in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. um, being a playmaker for the Pistons. Um, there was one game he was rebounding really well. He's averaging 15 points per game, um, about four rebounds and four assists per game. So, you know he's been pretty good for them as well. This is this is a pretty this has been this has been a pretty good um rookie class. You can only imagine how things would have looked if Chet was playing right now for OKC. Mm, right. Um he'll 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 be back to start next year. But what has been your overall take on the rookies so far this year cuz this has been a pretty great class so far.
1: It's it's been really impressive and you know you like you're watching these young guys and they they just seem to really adjust to the professional game, like just really so fluidly, like we mentioned, Paolo. Paulo already has the size and the skill set. So for him to be able to come out of the gates and be the player and like, be the, be the effective player that he is is kind of not, not surprising to me. He definitely has a skill set. We know what he does from a scoring perspective. Um, a lot of people definitely did um, under underrate the playmaking. I, I kind of saw when he was a high school, but mm, okay. I, but I mean, I, I honestly feel like, you know, he's kind of elevated on that end as well. So that's definitely been impressive. Um, Keegan Murray, to, or sorry, not Keegan Murray. Um, I want I want to get to I want to get into him later. Uh, Benedict Mather, for me, to me, I don't know why he why this comes up, but I don't know why. But it just it kind of reminds me of like a guy like Anthony Edwards, you know, just being able to have that confidence and just being able to shoot the ball at will and just you know just being able to score at will. Because Benedict, to me, he wasn't really. I mean, we we all know that he had the high flying athleticism, but he wasn't really much of a creator. During his college years um, at Arizona, so for him to come into this year, we see him, you know, being able to create from a, from around the three point line to being able to create around the mid range, being able to attack the basket. So for him to show that aspect of his game, and of course being effective scoring wise, that's that's been probably one of the bigger one, one of the biggest impressions of his game. And then of course a guy like Keegan Murray, who I who I was high on even coming into this draft, a lot of people were kind of surprised when he was taken at the fourth overall pick, and that Sacramento didn't go didn't go with Jaden Ivey. But obviously, obviously, the Kings saw something with the, with King and Murray, and it's and it's clearly shown throughout this year. Um, being able to stress the floor on the, on the offensive end, having that size and skill set, and then of course, you know, being a defensive anchor as well for them as well. So he's like Benedict, or sorry, not Benedict, Keegan Murray. For me, the the Kings definitely have something with him. Um, and if he continues to elevate, if he continues to develop into like All Star caliber player. I don't know if you will possibly want to get rid of a Sabonis and, and, and insert him at a starting power forward position, but I personally feel like it's possible. So, just looking at the trajectory of the rookie season or, or, or all the rookies overall, it's been really impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, this has probably been one of the most impressive starts to a rookie for, for a rookie class for, for a while now. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen rookies come in and just com- consistently drop like twenty a piece the way we were seeing with um, Matherin. Um, Bankero, Murray, those guys. So, and, and when the others get going too, it's going to be very fun because, you know, that just ups the ante even more. I um, mean, you know, it's just always impressive to see young talent come in the league and, you know, be able to make a name for themselves right away. Um, with, um, Matherin, Matherin, I wanted him in orange and blue so bad, man. So bad. It hurts seeing him on the Pacers, but I, I am glad to see him, you know, um, succeeding and thriving. Um, but like you said, in at Arizona, I didn't see this much of a scoring um, outburst that he's been doing um, yeah. on the Pacers. So maybe he just needed to, you know, get to that next level or just... Um, be in the nba system sometimes a lot of times we see with guys in in their college years is that like sometimes the college system might have hold held them back in terms of like what we see offensively from them that's a fact yeah um so you know once they get to that next level in the nba it's like oh finally my training wheels off let me just go full force um and i think that's what we're, we're seeing with um guys like Benedict Mathurin.
1: Yeah, definitely. Honestly, you could even say that even with Paolo. as I know. I know that he played for Duke and the legendary Coach K. But I think a lot of people even said that him offensively as well because you know, obviously, you know, with that college system is so more team oriented. Mm-hmm. So you know, you got to move the ball. You know, a lot of guys got to get involved within the offense. So sometimes it does limit a lot of the, a lot of the great offensive players from really being able to create and. Show their worth on, on that end of the floor. So even with Paolo coming into this year, I think I think he's kind of shocked many with his ability to attack the basket, his ability to shoot it, to score around the mid range. Even though he did show a little bit of that last year at Duke, but it wasn't, in my opinion, to to the degree of, of what we're seeing now with Orlando.
0: For sure, definitely. Um, lastly, before we get out of here, some early M- some super duper early MVP candidates. So that's that's what I'm calling this section. Of today's episode. So some super duper early MVP um candidates. Um, I think pretty easily we gotta go with um Giannis. He has been on absolute tear, averaging 34 points per game. The Bucks are five and oh. When you look at the supporting cast, it is very mediocre to say the least. Um they got Drew Holiday, of course, but we all know what Drew Holiday is offensively at this point in his career, you know. You have um Javon Carter, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, Grayson Allen, Wesley Matthews, um Sergi Baca. Like this is who's around Giannis, and they are five and zero. Oh. Um, they are just patiently waiting for um Chris Middleton to get back. Their defense has been impressive. It's been amazing. They are number one in the league defensively. Um, and that is, of course, due to Giannis and Brooke Lopez. But I think a large portion of it is Giannis. Um, but yeah, the, he's he's one of my um, MVP candidates early on. Um, I would also say Luca, of course, is an early MVP candidate. Um, even though the Mavs are struggling, I do anticipate them to, you know, up things and, you know, get their their team record to where it should be cuz they are I think they are a better team than this. Um and yeah, I think um Jason Tatum he has finally started the season well, which has been, you know, something that's been annoying to Celtics fans at, at least to my knowledge. They've been pretty annoyed with him having to start the seasons um slow every year and you know, that kind of keeps him out of the MVP talks. Um but he has made it um he's finally, I guess Been able to start the season well Averaging 32 points Mm -hmm. 32.4 points per game 8 rebounds, about 3.5 assists per game So he is, you know Doing all he can for the Celtics um, And, you know, has them atop um, Up top towards the Top of the Eastern Conference Um, John Morant, he's been pretty good For the Grizzlies in terms of You know, leading Them without um, Triple J Um, he's averaging about 32 points, 32 points per game too. Um, but yeah, I think those are my pretty early super duper MVP candidates. Um, how do you feel about those so far? And if you have an extra that you wanted to add on as well,
1: um, we're honestly on the same boat. I think, you know, my top three are definitely. Giannis, Luca, and then or actually no, I'll say this: I'll say Giannis, Jaw, and then Luca. I feel like Jaw's probably been a little bit more impressive than Luca. I know, I know that Luca's definitely getting the numbers, but I think impact-wise, I think I feel like ja has been more impactful for his team than Luca. Uh, but yeah, I mean Giannis. I mean when you look at the circumstances, clearly he's without Chris Middleton. They're, they're, they're without Pat Conlon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second the second unit, um, is not really that intriguing to say the least. Uh, especially with guys like Javon Carter, George Hill, um. I know they. I know they finally started. I got like Marjan Bochamp, who is a rookie as well. Uh, Jordan nawara So their second unit is still. There's still questions for the team. Oh yeah, also Wesley Matthews as well. So there's still pretty much questions for Coach Bud as far as you know who's going to be a part of the second unit, who's going to be a part of the rotation or not. But for the Bucks to be off to a five and no start with Giannis being able to lead the way is really really impressive. He's obviously. Um. He's he's my early pick for MVP this year. Um. He's he's a guy that he, he's actually the guy that I wanted to win. Who I wanted to. Uh, win last year but i feel like this year if the bucks de- definitely um continue to maintain the level that they're playing is especially with uh, chris coming back i feel like i feel like yannis could definitely get the mvp award we saw we saw the early start that job got to especially with that big game against uh um, i against, against your knicks and then of course having that 49 point game against against houston right out like the game right after so Jaw is definitely getting up to a hot star. Jaw, I think Ja really has something to prove. And I think that he really wants to be in the MVP conversation. To me, he was last year, but I know a lot of people kind of felt otherwise. And then of course with him winning that most approved player award which personally I didn't feel like he deserved. I felt like, I felt I felt like they should have given it to somebody else. But oh for sure. I think now, yeah, I, I think I think now this year, I think he, I think he's gonna finally establish himself as an MVP caliber player. Um and then of course Luca as well. Um I've been on record saying that the Mavs have kind of decreased this year compared to last year. I feel like they can still be a playoff team, but I, I don't. I, I definitely don't see another conference finals appearance for them this year. But Luca being able to still put up the numbers that he's been putting up, here that that, uh, like we mentioned earlier uh, earlier in the show, he had that forty one point game against uh, Brooklyn a few nights ago. I know that they may. Have, I, know, I know that they lost the OKC last night, but he's still obviously being a leading factor of the team, being able to carry that offense in, in many ways. It's just really impressive as well. So if I if I had to choose like between like three guys who I believe is probably early MVP favorites, it's gotta be Giannis, Ja, and then of course Luke afterwards.
0: For sure. Um Yeah, definitely. Um we will see how this season continues to play out. It has been a very exciting start to the season to say the least. Um, Nick, is there anything you wanna plug before we head out of here? <laughs>
1: Uh yes sir follow me on Twitter at NickAndreATR very active on, on uh NBA Twitter out there uh, I host two podcasts one of them is called Count the Bucket we stream every Sunday um at nine thirty Eastern and then I have another one titled The Hoop Truth this with my guy Agu we uh we, we release episodes every Sunday and then of course I have a Patreon as well I still write articles on there I have a new series coming out earlier or uh, later on this week titled NFL Players at Hoop so definitely uh so definitely tune in for that
0: yes sir i will plug it um plug those links in the um description as well um i will plug the strickland of course the greatest Knicks website out there um i do post game coverage after every single Knicks game mm-hmm. um live stream so make sure y'all tuned in i will leave a link to the youtube in the description um and yeah just tune into everything Strickland related and we are out of here peace deuces